and welcome to Alvernal Voice, the alumni-centric podcast featuring inspiring stories from Alvernal strong women in the Milwaukee community and beyond. My name is Alexis Torres, and I am a current student here at Alvernal, as well as an intern in the Alumni Engagement Office. I am joined today by Holly McCoy, a member of Alvernal's classes of 2010 and 2015. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. You took on the role of Executive Director of Literacy Services of Wisconsin in 2018. So what does an average day in the life look like for you? No day looks exactly the same. Uh, high level, definitely my role is to work with my direct team. So that is each main human that takes care of a particular focus area of the organization. So be it finance, be it programs, be it fund development, be it marketing. Um, and then also work with our collective staff to make sure that we're meeting our goals, our outcomes, and that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing for adult education in the city. And what is the best part of your job, in your opinion? Yeah, that, that was one of those questions where I would say it depends on the day. But overall, what I love most is the fact that I know what I'm going to work every day, that what I'm doing and what I'm a part of is something much greater than myself. So there's never a moment where I doubt that the work I'm doing, um, even indirectly, is making an impact in a really positive way. And then adult literacy isn't something you necessarily hear of, especially as like a common career path. So what sparked this interest for you? So when I first graduated from Alverno, I had a degree to become a secondary English teacher. So I was looking to teach high school English. I really wanted to teach in Milwaukee Public Schools since I had graduated from MPS. At the time, uh, which I know sounds, sounds weird now, but there were almost zero opportunities to find a career or even a part-time position in the education space. When I started to think about what I could possibly do with an education degree uh, in the real world outside of education, I really looked to the nonprofit world to kind of see where I could use my skill set and what I had learned about becoming an educator in the nonprofit space. I, I stumbled across an adult literacy job posting and said, wow, this is exactly what I went to school to do only in adult ed. And it all went from there, right? And I'm still doing that more than a decade later. So I think um, really adult literacy found me. It wasn't initially what I thought I would do. And we find that a lot in adult, adult education and adult literacy in general. It becomes sort of a secondary career choice, but it's such a great career choice. Besides education, does Literacy Services of Wisconsin provide job training or career counseling to those who are involved with that organization? Absolutely. So at Literacy Services of Wisconsin, we know that education is only one piece. And we work very strategically and in a very sort of collaborative manner with a number of other nonprofits and organizations in the city. So we work with our local workforce investment board, our local tech college, our local public school system, um, and uh, an organization like WRTP Big Step, who's looking to bridge folks with pre-apprenticeship and trades training. Um, and we make sure that we're bringing those opportunities and knowledge into our programs. So we try to make sure that every program isn't just about the education piece, because of course, that's what we do and that's our mission. 
but we're always looking for organizations that align with that mission and give our students a more holistic sort of um, opportunity to learn about what comes after their education, in addition, making sure that they're supported in what they need to get whatever job it is that they're interested in having. So specifically, in what ways is your organization making positive changes in the Milwaukee community? So literacy services serves adults. So that's anyone 18 and a half or older. We do GED high school equivalency programming for adults. We do English language learning. We also support additional bridge programming uh, with the tech college and several other organizations to ensure that our educational programming is meeting that job skills and workforce development training program. Um, and so in that really what we, we, we see ourselves as sort of the connector. Um, so when we talk about issues um, or things in our city that we would really love to make a change with, uh, that really looks like K-12 education. So when we think about students in our schools who are struggling with their own academic journey, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, their parents are struggling with those same things. And so that's our role is to come in and support parents. When we think about folks who would really like to upskill or improve some of their academic skills as they pertain to employment, that's where literacy services comes in and says, that's where we have you. How can we help you improve where you're at and meet you in that space and then take you where you're looking to be? And so, all of those things are, are, are proactively happening on our part to make sure that we're meeting our students where they're at in all of those ways um, and then being a, a connector for them. So how can others support your efforts? So there are so many ways to support us. Uh, one way is volunteering. So we are always looking for volunteer tutors, uh, especially if you're good at math. Uh, math tends to be a sore spot for many. It is hard mm -hmm. to find a lot of math tutors. Uh, tutoring is a great opportunity to get into this space, meet an adult who could really use some academic support um, and give of your time. So that, that's one thing. We also have other volunteer opportunities that aren't quite as much of a time commitment. So we're always looking for that. Um, also just finding out more information about us as an organization and helping me make connections. So if there's something you know, that you hear of and you're like, adult ed would be such a great part of this project or this organization, or you should meet someone um, helping me create those connections for our, our work. And then obviously, uh, I think with any nonprofit, we would say supporting our mission, um, aside from volunteering can also look right monetary, right? We are always accepting donations um, to support our programming and our work. What should people know about the work your team does? It is challenging, but it is fulfilling. And it also requires a lot of knowledge in adult ed. So there's a lot of people who make broad-based assumptions about what they think even a GED is. Let's use that as an example and say, well, it must be really easy to get a GED. Not only is it not easy and the uh, knowledge and information you need to have and sort of practice and retain in order to pass those exams is extensive. It's that much more on the back end. So the amount of 
training, knowledge, and professionalism that goes into the adult education space uh, is, is a lot. And um, I, I think that when I think about my team and the amount of effort that they put into any and everything that we do from curriculum to volunteer engagement, to all of those, those things, it's really uh, everyone putting in their part uh, for that collective whole. And it's ultimately, it's great, uh, but it's a lot of work. What kind of efforts do you and your team put in to make sure that people in the community know about what your organization does and how they can be involved? So first it's where we're located. So Literacy Services does not have one central location. We know that in order to make sure that we're meeting students where they're at, that can't just be academically, it also needs to be physically. So our locations are placed throughout Milwaukee and Waukesha County in spaces where we're connected directly with the communities that we're providing education for. So that's that's sort of the first piece. Beyond that, also making sure that we're involved in the community. So I um, often talk about how we make sure that we are present for as much that's going on with within Milwaukee as we possibly can be. So our staff, uh, as well as myself, try to be as involved and as many things uh, that I mentioned sort of connect to adult literacy as possible mm -hmm. so that we're helping to make sure that students uh, who currently are involved and potential students have as much connections on both ends as possible and that they know uh, where we are and how they can access our services. So what aspects of the mission or vision of the Literacy Services of Wisconsin align with your own personal values and beliefs? So education is central to who I am as a human being. And it's really sort of impacted how I've evolved uh, as I've aged and as I've navigated life. And so since that's core to our mission of providing education for adults, it aligns almost perfectly with who I am. And it also speaks to the growth that our organization has seen over the last five or six years. We've went through two mergers and really looked at how we could do things better and different, but also as effective as we're sort of, sort of known to provide those services. And that fits almost perfectly with how I see my own personal journey as well um, and sort of really speaks to kind of yeah, like who I've become right as a mm -hmm. as a person and there isn't really a better fit for me outside of adult ed in fact I'm not really sure what I would be doing if I wasn't doing this because that's how closely it aligns with my personal values so where do you draw inspiration as it pertains to your role so really others who are also leading throughout the community and elsewhere, we have some incredible talent uh, in Milwaukee and Waukesha. There are people who are doing incredible things far beyond what I um, you know, even am able to do. And I, those are the folks who I am lucky to call friends. Um, and even luckier in some cases to call both friend and mentor. And so really looking to those who have either come before me or those who are alongside me in this journey of leadership. And I think really 
asking myself at the right times to like, what could I be doing better? Because at some point you start to sort of hit this plateau in leadership where it almost feels like you're doing the same things you've always done. And I think those are the moments where you need inspiration the most. And those are also the moments where it's hard to say, is this what I still should be doing or should I be reevaluating what's necessary at this time? Navigating leadership in the pan during, well, during this whole pandemic has been incredibly challenging. And if not for other leaders who say, yep, this is challenging for me. This is how I've approached this. This is what I'm doing. It would have been at some points very hard to even keep going. And that's really, I think, a piece um, where inspiration is ongoing, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not sort of in the moment at all times. Sometimes it's a really ongoing thing where you almost have to look for it. I think it's great that you have this passion for it, though, because I know a lot of people, like, they just stick with their job mainly just for the money instead of doing what they love. Like, I just talked to a voiceover actor who's actually an alum, and she, when she was 50, changed career paths from the corporate world into starting her own voiceover business. And now she's happier than ever. And she's so happy because it also got her out of like smoking and she's much healthier now. So I think just being able to find your passion and your inspiration to do what you love is great. Agreed. I completely agree. And you never know when it'll happen. It's mm -hmm. so, it, it's almost like life sometimes has a different plan for you. And it's when you embrace it and really sort of step up to the challenge that you find this really amazing opportunity to just become a different you. Mm -hmm. And knowing that it's never too late to do what you love. Like you don't have to be stuck doing the same thing forever. For sure. For sure. So we had the opportunity to connect in the pre-interview and you shared a little bit about your Alverno journey. What was the initial draw for you to attend? So I had my oldest daughter when I was 16. And so that was my junior year of high school. And when I was looking for a college that was going to fit being a teen mom and what I wanted to do next in life, Alverno just at the time seemed like the best fit. We, we did talk about this in the pre-interview. Oftentimes, uh, this is in the past, but you know, young women like me were referred to as a non-traditional student. Not only was I non-traditional, but I was also first generation. So I had no support really from my parents, not that they weren't excited at the opportunity, but they had no idea um, anything about the college process or what that was gonna mean or what that entailed. Um, and I really didn't have a large support system. So when I came to Alberno the first time, I mean, I was really excited and it was a good fit, but I think I wasn't where I needed to be as a person. I was really angry at the world um, I was sort of getting over a lot of trauma that I had experienced in my childhood. And I, I feel like it all came to a head between having my daughter enrolling in Alverno and then trying to figure out how to be an adult. And at the time, you know, and, and I did share this in the pre-interview too, I'm really careful about what I share about other people's story, but, you know, my dad was still navigating some of his issues and struggles with addiction. My mom was still trying to be a mom to my younger brother who has several mental health issues. And so I think for me, I felt really alone. And where I could have leaned in and probably allowed Alverno to support me more 
I was so used to doing everything on my own that I really pushed away and I left Alverno for a period of time. And it was a, it was an interesting time in my life. I had two more daughters <laughs> during that time. And it was when I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, Michaela, that I really started to say, what am I doing? So I'm at home, I'm being the best mom I can be, but do I really want to live this life where financially I can't support three girls? Um, you know, and I have, I have the support uh, of my, my husband and, you know, he's great, but like, what long-term are we going to do? Because we're on one income this doesn't feel sustainable. Like, what do I want to do? Right. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go back to Alverno and it was the best decision I ever made. But when I decided to go back, I sat down with David and I said, Hey, you know, when I do make this decision to go back, like I'm going back and I'm going to give a hundred percent. And it was challenging. I mean, he worked full time. I was trying to go to school full time. We didn't really have money for anyone to watch our kids. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of times I would bring them to campus with me, but I got really involved on campus and my girls would come with me. Um, and I really, I really embraced college probably the way I wish I would have the first time, but I wouldn't have done it that way the first time because I just wasn't in that same space. And so when I came back, I just felt so alive in a different way. And it felt doable. It felt like I could learn and grow and do the things I wanted to do professionally. And it also felt like I could be a mom. And that was something I wasn't sure was possible, but it, it, it was challenging, but, but it was there. And ultimately I ended up graduating in 2010 and, uh, I graduated with honors and I did everything I said I would do. I was so involved on campus, but it was, I mean, it was a process. It was a journey and I'll never quite be able to thank Alverno enough for teaching me how to efficiently and effectively, and people say this doesn't exist, but multitask, because mm -hmm. I definitely do not waste a moment of any day, right? Um, and I'm always walking probably way too fast, but these are all good things. And um, my Alverno journey is very special to me, very special to me. I think that's great, especially because like a lot of women I feel here can relate to your story. Like my own mom, she's an alum and she had me when she was in high school and I was able to see her evolution through Alverno because she was here for her bachelor's and her master's and a few different certificates and just seeing dad and her becoming a mom to three more kids. It was very inspirational and then hearing other people's stories about how they had to support their kids and work and go to school. I don't have any kids. But I mean, it's really nice to hear that people can be motivated to stick with it, even though you did come back, like you still came back. Like a lot of people don't. Yeah, it's I mean, and it requires you to really dig deep and look at yourself because mm -hmm. really Alverno has all the supports necessary for you to, you know, kind of meet the challenges of life. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of times it's hard to ask. I have a hard time asking yeah. for help. I have a really hard time asking for help. And that second time, that's what I did. And rather than say, oh, I can't do this because of my girls, I would say, well, I can do this, but this is what I would need to, to do this with my girls, right? Um, and I, I think that's not something that's 
talked about enough in terms of just personal sort of advocacy. Like, it's not that I'm saying I can't do this, but in order to be successful, I need this. And it's, it's a, it can be a hard thing to, to say, and it can be a hard thing to even know that that's a possibility. Overall, what would you describe your time at Alverno? I loved Alverno. I miss <laughs> Alverno. I, um, I really struggled both times I left Alverno because Alverno had become such a huge part of my identity, which I know sounds weird. And I'm by no means saying I'm not my own person, but when I was a student there and I was in classes and I had my friends and I had professors and instructors um, and people who were just behind me a hundred percent coming out back into the real world and knowing that I needed to be separate from that and deciding whether or not that was possible and do I fit into, you know, the real world, the way that I felt I fit into Alverno and, you know, am I going to get the support? No, I'm, I mean, you're not going to get the same level of support, uh, unfortunately, but, you know, and, and I struggled. I, I actually at, at one point um, during both sort of graduations, which should have been some of the most exciting times of my life, I really struggled with depression because I just felt at a loss. Like, what does this mean now? And when you're first generation, it's like, you should be excited and, you know, happy. Like there are so many people who would be very grateful and, and I never take that for granted. Right. But I felt really sad. And I, I think that's why I continue to be such a huge vocal supporter of Alverno as an institution, you know, the way that Alverno approaches education, if the whole world approached education in that way, we would just be such a better space in general, because it's a different kind of education. And it, it's, it quite honestly is hard to walk away from but it aligns so well with what I'm doing now. And I've found ways to include some of the best parts of an Alverno education into my adult literacy and adult education space. How are you doing that then? So one of the roles that I had before I became executive director was I oversaw all of our programs for the organization. Mm -hmm. And the coolest thing I've done thus far, which is sort of academically nerdy and no one really understands what it means, is I was able to get us approved by the Department of Public Instruction to offer our own high school equivalency diploma program. It's a competency-based adult high school program where students are essentially working in much the same way we do at Alverno to sort of do projects and assessments um, rather than taking a traditional GED exam, right? Where you study, you have X amount of time, this is really a cohort-based model where students are learning together um, and then working towards individual goals for sure, but a common goal. Um, and it it really aligns a lot uh, with a lot of my time at Alverno. I think that's great. You mentioned that during your second time around, you were involved on campus. And I know during like our pre-meet, you said that you were involved and actually the president of the Association of Women in Communication. What skills did you develop through that work and have you found them to be helpful in your career? Absolutely. The best thing about a student organization on campus is 
you get to pick what student organization you're a part of. You get to set the boundaries for what parts of your talent and um, sort of skill set you want to bring into that space. And also determine where there's gaps for yourself personally that you're looking to improve upon so you can say that you have that professional experience. And it really was after graduating with that education degree and not actually becoming a teacher, it was my community involvement that created professional experience for me that allowed me to be a more serious contender in the nonprofit space. I had so much time that I had spent within the community doing work on behalf of an organization on campus that I was really able to speak to that on my resume and in interviews and use that as a way to show that while my field work had been in teaching, my on-campus work had been, you know, working in with this group of women to accomplish X goals. And this is what I specifically contributed to that space. And those were skill sets that were very different from what I had sort of been doing in my education courses. And I think they they really helped me and gave me the opportunity to look into other career fields um, as I navigated that job search. In what ways would you say your overall education, either at your bachelor's or master's level, has prepared you for the challenges you've overcome? So challenges will for sure always exist. And for everyone, they look different. Um, I, I think for me, really, I've had a lot of challenges just in figuring out like what the best way sometimes to approach a difficult situation is. And I would say that that is where Alverno prepared me the most. We all make jokes about group projects or presentations or all of self-assessments even but really, because you do so much of that throughout your coursework, you work with so many different individuals, there's so many you know, possible issues that can arise, whether it be in group work or giving a presentation that is thoughtful, informative, but also authentic. Those are things that I would not be able to do successfully if I had not had so much practice while I was on campus. And they were things that at first caused me such severe anxiety. Like when I came back after having um, my three girls for when I was in my bachelor courses, like I literally got up for my first presentation in English. And I don't know uh, if my professor would remember this or not, but I, got so nervous that I just started crying because I was, and I was prepared, <laughs> but just talking in front of a group for some reason, it gave me such anxiety, which people look at me now and they say, well, you never shut up. And I get that, <laughs> but like, it's different when you have to make a thoughtful presentation where you have an actual purpose for you know saying whatever you're saying and so I mean it sounds simple but that that was that's done a lot for me personally yeah I would agree like I still get nervous when I give presentations or speeches 
but each time I go up, I feel a little bit more confident in what I'm doing. So even though I'm having like an internal anxiety attack and I feel myself turning red, like I know it's for a good reason and then I'll get through it. So I can totally relate to that. You remain a very involved member of the overall community. Why is it important for you to stay involved? So I have have said a lot throughout our chat that Alverno really provided me with a space to grow up. And I did grow up within Alverno's walls. I mean, I started there at 17, a teen mom. I left a mother of five uh, with a master's degree, which was far beyond what I ever thought I would accomplish academically. And I really can't imagine being away from Alverno. I actually live. <laughs> I, I bought a home. I'm a first time home buyer. I bought a home in the Alverno area and I continue to find peace and solace on that, on the campus. I mean, I'll walk through there with, with friends. When we go on walks, we walk through there and it, it's a very peaceful place for me. And I, I think I wouldn't have always said that because for me personally, I was, I was dealing with a lot of stuff, but when I look at the, the transition and the growth that I had as a person, I just could never imagine not being connected to Alverno because it's a huge part of how I have become the human being I am today. I don't, I mean, and I know it sounds very cliche, but it's like really true. You said that education saved you. What aspects of your education and professional training are you tapping into in order to offer the same experience to others? Yeah, I appreciated that that question when you sent that over. And I was thinking about, I say that a lot, education did save me. And I think, you know, when I, even when I'm talking about just the, the growth and change that I've had, you know, I recognize that not everyone's experience is my experience. I recognize um, that even though I've definitely overcome a lot, I am also very privileged in several other spaces as well. And so I hope that I continue to be a person who's very open and transparent. I also make sure that I make myself available. So there is not a single Alverno alum or current student who could ever say that if they reached out to me, I haven't met them for coffee or lunch um, and sort of provided any possible connection or support or anything I possibly could because I don't want people to feel some of the challenges that I felt coming into a space where you don't know anyone and you're not sure if you're making the right choices and you wonder if you knew someone at X organization if it would have been easier for you to get that job interview or know what you should have said for a certain question on a job interview or even succeeded in your current role. Navigating any role or position can sometimes feel really lonely. And so I've definitely had women from Alverno reach out to me and say, hey, can we get together? And I always follow up and make sure that I'm providing that time and space. Also in the work that I do every day with literacy services, I think, you know, it really aligns with sort of the whole idea that education saved me and how can I make sure that that opportunity is available for so many. I spent a lot of time, not only while I've been executive director, but while doing programs at literacy services, 
making sure that students have the connection and the access they need to make informed decisions on what they want to do next after they either get their GED or HSED or complete one of our other programs. Because there are also so many scams in our city where people take advantage and you know, really count on the fact that people won't do the research on where they're putting their financial aid dollars or how they're making that next step. So we try to do as much as possible to ensure that students really feel supported throughout that process and also know it's possible um, because it can feel really unattainable if you are first generation. And we have some students uh, who graduate from our GED or HSED program who are first generation high school graduates. So once again, that privilege of me, right, only being a first generation college student, um, that's that's real. And there are some of us that could never even possibly imagine what that means. And so I really feel like it's my sort of role to make sure that I'm doing as much as possible to create that for anyone else. I think that's really awesome that you're doing that, especially for so many students. Because I know even now, like just during the pandemic, like a lot of students were struggling with virtual school. I can't imagine trying to just graduate from either college or high school and not having like a good support system. So yeah. I think it's great that you're doing your part and helping out. So this last question is something we love to ask our alums. What does Alverno Strong mean to you? So I did speak to this a little bit, but I don't, I don't think you can say it enough. So it being Alverno Strong is probably one of the most unique spaces to be in, um, mainly because of how Alverno approaches education. So competency-based education makes the most comprehensive human beings. The abilities, the assessment, the self-assessment required of Alverno grads means that every Alverno grad, including myself, is bringing their most empathetic, authentic, and boss self to any space. And when we show up, we show up. And I think that is the strength that comes from an Alverno education and from an Alverno alum. And I am so lucky to have so many Alverno alums as some of my best and closest friends. And I think that's why our friendships thrive is we show up and it's a different kind of show up. And I, that takes nothing away from anyone else's educational experience. We have a lot of other great institutions in the city, but when you are Alverno strong, you're a part of a network that wants to see you succeed and then really leads you to how that success is going to be actually a, a reality for you. And, and it's just really unique and it's really, it's great. Well, that's great. Um, that's all the questions I have for you, but thank you for taking your time and answering these questions for the podcast. I really appreciate it. You being one of our first guests is really exciting. <laughs> Well, and I appreciate you asking me. I There are so many great women that you could do with this. So I, I appreciate you thinking of me and asking.